We give glory and honor to God for granting us this opportunity to share with you. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Welcome, my dear listener, to this promising session of the New Life Program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. Lydia Cheng is on standby with the Family Life segment. Today, she will talk about health conflict. Brother Ian will also be joining us during the Bible session to talk about serving God in truth. Gracious singers will start us off with the song, He Leadeth, Enjoy. Thank you. 
faithful follower I will be. Thank you so much, gracious singers. This is Adventist Hall Radio, the voice of hope. It is now time for the Family Life segment. Join me as I welcome Lydia Chen. Dear listener, welcome to today's Family Life program. Today we're going to talk about healthy conflict. But before we proceed, let us pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for guiding us up till now. We pray that we may receive the marriage message you're about to bring to us. Help us to live out your love in our marriages. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Healthy conflict. Do those two words go together? A lot of people think that a good marriage is one where there isn't any conflict, but that's not true. It's a natural occurrence in marriage. What most spouses are surprised to learn is that marriage probably generates more anger than they... what most spouses are su... what most spouses are surprised to learn is that marriage probably generates more anger than they than they will experience in any other relationship. When two people live together with a commitment to increasing closeness, vulnerability, and intimacy, the potential for fear, heart, frustration, and misunderstanding is enormous, which means there is also great potential for anger. The problem is that you don't understand the difference between healthy and unhealthy anger. You haven't learned how to express your anger in healthy ways. Regarding healthy conflict, Thomas Whitman and Thomas Barlett in their book The Marriage Mender talk about healthy conflict and their fighting habits. Couples don't fight because they don't care about each other, but because they do. When people invest themselves in marriage, they fear that they won't get their needs met or that they'll get hurt. These are common natural fears that lead to common natural conflicts. Thus conflict is not something to be avoided in marriage. It is something to be resolved. Couples get into trouble when they don't know how to deal with conflict. Whether they try to win all conflicts, aggressive, deny feelings that would lead to conflict, passive aggressive, or avoid conflict together, passive, they settle into harmful habits because they don't know how to fight in an honest, honorable way. Our competitive culture views all conflict as something to be won or lost, even interpersonal conflict. While some couples get into this mindset, many find it troublesome. Even if you win, your beloved spouse loses. Unless you are a hardened gloater, that's not a satisfactory solution. No wonder so many of us don't approach conflict very well. Comparing happy marriages with unhappy marriages, studies have found no significant difference in the amount of conflict, but happy couples tend to handle conflict better. So to help you handle conflict in a better and healthier way, the following are some thoughts written by Heather Long from the article Fighting with Your Spouse. To each tip we have added scriptures. To each tip we have added scriptures. Heather writes, The words healthy and conflict seem contrary in meaning, but the truth is, conflict can help a couple's relationship to grow. The conflict we have with others spurs growth in us. Yes, conflict can be unhealthy if we allow it to be destructive, but conflict can be constructive too. Here are a few key tips to keep in mind in order to preserve the healthy conflict and not let it get out of control. Keep calm and level as much as you may f- keep calm and level. As much as you may feel like ranting and raving, 
it accomplishes nothing for you and your spouse. The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Stay clear on what is stay clear on what it is you are disagreeing about. Don't let it wander to old insults or injuries. Words from a wise man's mouth are gracious, but a fool is consumed by his own lips. At the beginning his words are folly, at the end they are wicked madness, and the fool multiplies words. Love is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. You know the little things that will set off your spouse. Refrain from jabbing at those sore spots. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments, because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. When you are too angry to be reasonable, be reasonable enough to table the disagreement for a time when the two of you can hash it out without screaming or yelling. Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for him. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. Practice active listening and don't interrupt each other. It's important that you hear what your spouse is saying and they hear you too. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. The way a fool seems right to him, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry, for a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. 
We pray this message will minister to your marriage and help you to experience healthy conflict. This material is provided by Marriage Missions International. Until next time, God bless you. We appreciate those who have given us their thoughts concerning this program. We are here just for you. For those who have never communicated to us, you can start today by writing to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00-100-Nairobi-Kenya. Our email address is awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Here's a song, I Am Coming to the Cross by Gracious Singers.
that you've been looking forward to the Bible segment. Join me as I welcome Brother Ian. Greetings, dear listener, and welcome to our study today. The topic of our study is serving God in truth. I am a presenter, Ian Musa. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus says, No man can serve two masters. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. There is a law of physics that says, Two things cannot occupy the same place at the same time. This is true in the spiritual realm, too. There is room enough for only one God in our lives. Whatever we serve will eventually shape our character and determine our destiny. Satan knows we can't serve God and mammon. That's why he stealthily lays traps to get us where we sacrifice our faith on the altar of greed and covetousness. We spend our best energies, talents, and resources for temporal prosperity while mortgaging eternal security. The story of a man who once met Jesus illustrates the impossibility of simultaneously serving God and mammon. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all this I have observed from my youth. Then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and said unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? Mark chapter 10 verse 17 to 23. The man's focus was on his great possessions, when it should have been on his great God. Earthly treasures blocked his view of the heavenly riches that come with following Jesus. Without even realizing it, he had made money his God. He was sincere, but he wanted to write his own rules and keep two gods in his life. Then, at the crossroads of life, he chose the broad path that could accommodate all his possessions. The narrow path had a cross. What this foolish man didn't recognize is that at the end of this path there awaits a purely white mansion and a golden crown. There are streets of gold and eternal day, health without disease, life rather than death, bliss and mingled with sorrow. In the end, you go where your God goes and where your heart has been. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21 If money is your God and your heart is set on earthly things, then when Jesus returns, you will go to the malls and baths with your idols 
and they shall go into the holes of the rocks, and into the caves of the earth, for fear of the Lord, and for the glory of his majesty, when he ariseth to shake terribly the earth. And that day a man shall cast his idols of silver, and his idols of gold, which they made each one of himself to worship, to the moles and to the bats. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 19 to 20 When Jesus returns, every material thing will be consumed into ashes. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 10 In these are the things we've lived for. Then we will suffer the same fate. However, if Jesus is our God and we lived to serve and glorify him, then we will go to where he goes. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. John chapter 14 verse 1 to 3 God owns everything and Satan tries to steal it from him. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Psalms chapter 24 verse 1 For every beast of the forest is mine and the cattle upon a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I were hungry, I will not tell thee, for the world is mine, and the fullness thereof. Psalm chapter 50 verse 10 to 12. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, said the Lord of hosts. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. Satan steals the Lord's money by getting Christians to withhold their tithes and offerings. Will a man rob God, yet he have robbed me? Yet he say, Wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? Ye are cast with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, said the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, said the Lord of hosts. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 to 10 Listener, God doesn't have a wallet or pockets. The only pocket he has in which to keep his money are ours. He gives us the bounties of the earth and lets us hold them for him. Then when he needs something for his work, he calls upon us to reach into our pockets and pull out whatever he needs. Let us be faithful servants so that he may find us worthy to stand when he comes back again. Be blessed. Amen. I was a presenter.
It has been nice having your company in case you have any views, comments or questions about the show. Kindly write to the producer, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00-100 Nairobi, Kenya or email us through awrnairobi at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Remember, stay safe, stay blessed. Thank you.